All right, let's uh, let's pray. God, just thank you for this uh, chance just to be here tonight and just to dig into your word as we, we uh, continue our series on um, sifting the truth um, and the things that this world uh, tries to teach us and shows us this truth, God, but may we sift it through, through your word and see what is really uh, truth and what this world is trying to teach us is, is not. <clears throat> God, I just... Um, Pray tonight as these kids are here that they <clears throat> they see that, that the lies that they've been um, been given are our lies from the enemy and not how God wants us to live. Not, not God's not calling us to live, and may we just um, see that and believe that, and to uh, to know what is truth and to be rooted in Your Word. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So of course, most of you guys already know we started a series last week called sift you know all around us people are sharing and oversharing their thoughts and their opinions and their interpretations of reality right the news and social media friends teachers your parents celebrities you name it people are try are going to tell you what they think about just about everything and that's that's just the way 2022 works in the internet People have a global platform that has led to and encouraged the spread of, of thoughts in a way the world has never seen. Like I said, you know, you guys can get information and send information quicker than we ever dreamed that we could have uh, when I was your age. This is some crazy realities that we have with, with the internet. In many cases, people are trying to be influencers and convince others that they're right and everyone else should follow suit. Some of those opinions and interpretations of reality might sound good, but may actually be evil. You know, but how do we know? How do we know what to believe? How do we know if things we read or hear or see can even be trusted? Should we adopt new beliefs because everyone else does? Should we change our mind on a topic because it feels right or wrong to us? Should we adjust the way we see the world and interpret our reality because we fear we might lose something or someone. Now, I would contend that we, we need to sift the opinions and information that we are encountering uh, through a fine mesh strainer called the Bible. Why? Because although culture, the world you live in, while that changes, God does not change. The world we live in, the things you're going to experience, the things it's going to teach you and show you will change, but our God will never change. So over the course of the next five weeks, we're going to look at, at different phrases or words or beliefs that are just pretty common in, in your world today and, and sneaky, and that you may even have said them or thought them or lived them yourself. <clears throat> today we're going to begin with something I'm seeing people say and post all the time. Live your truth. The phrase, live your truth. This is one of the biggest deceptions that Gen Z millennials especially are being hooked into believing. So let me explain it this way. Two men had an argument. To settle the matter, they went to a judge for arbitration. Uh, the plaintiff made his case. He was very eloquent and persuasive in his reasoning. When he finished, the judge nodded in approval and said, all right, that's right, that's right. You know. On hearing this, the defendant jumped up and yelled, wait, wait a second, judge, you haven't had a chance to hear what I have to say. Let me, let me, let me say my case to you. So the judge told the defendant to state his case. And he too was very eloquent and persuasive in his reasoning. 
And when he finished, the judge again said, that's right, that's right. While the, when the clerk of the court heard this, he jumped up and said, judge, they both can't be right. And the judge of the clerk of the court said, that's right, that's right. It, it's, it's a simple illustration, but the fact of the matter is that our culture preaches to us that, yes, they both can be right. So why is the concept of live your truth so popular? Why does it feel so empowering to us? Let me hear your opinions. Why, why does that phrase, why is it so popular now? To live your truth. I guess it makes us feel like we're in control. Makes us feel like we're in control and we like to be in control, don't we? Do what? It makes us feel better about ourselves. What else? Yeah, they don't like conflict, so they say live your truth. They don't want to upset anybody with with their opinions on maybe how they're living or something like that, right? That's kind of what you mean? Kind of? More or less? You know, I, I think one reason, too, is as a human race, we really just want to be our own gods. <clears throat> Ever since Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve believed Satan's lie that they would be like God if they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we have elevated ourselves and our feelings over God's authority and absolute reality. So today, for the rest of this series, we're going to be studying the book of 2 Peter. So grab your Bibles there and turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. And so we're going to look at the book of 2 Peter right alongside these big philosophical questions. I know it's deep stuff, but I want you to, to have a reasoned faith. So what, what, while you're turning there... Um, let me tell you a little bit about the context of the letter of 2 Peter. Jesus' disciple Peter wrote it, and he was trying to communicate to the early church about these same worldview concepts kind of that we are discussing. Peter knew that he was about to die because of his faith in Jesus, so therefore he wrote this letter to other Christians as a warning to not be led astray by corrupt teachers who had distorted ways of thinking about God and who lived in sinful ways that dishonored him. So Peter dealt with a tale as old as time in the churches that he led. And in reality, we are dealing with many of the same issues today. So in 2 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1, this is what he wrote. It says, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Like I said, Peter knew he was going to die soon. So he wanted to address the objections people were making against Christians. There were just a bunch of false teachers who were trying to distort what Jesus had said. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like today's world and culture? Yeah, right? Um, there's, there's a guy I follow on, on Instagram, uh, Original Mr. B. Um, you guys should look him up. I think it's Original underscore Mr. B. He's just an apologist. And what that means is somebody who defends the faith, who takes videos of people who are distorting the, God's word and, and making it something it's not, and then just explaining with Scripture what, what they're doing wrong and what is truth. It's, just check him out. It's really cool. Um, but this, we have these false teachers and people that are trying to lead us astray. This is what's happening still. And one of the objections he addressed in 2 Peter is that people will eventually be held accountable for their choices. Of course, that in the end, humanity will be judged. These false teachers wanted to deny this, of course, so they could live 
however they wanted, right? I mean, if you if you knew in the end that there was no judgment, that you weren't going to be judged for anything you did, would you live differently? Would you just do what you wanted, knowing there's no consequences? Maybe two or three of y'all. We would probably live differently, knowing, like, if you live, like, if your parents, you know, maybe you have strict parents, maybe you don't, whatever. But if you did something wrong, or but you knew you had no consequences, would you maybe misbehave more than you maybe do? Knowing there's con- there's no consequence, nothing bad is going to happen to you for what you you do. Yeah, we would probably live life a little bit differently. That's what they're trying to teach that there is no judgment; you can just live how you want to. But how often do we do that? That we twist what Jesus apparently said, so we don't have to be uncomfortable and do whatever we want without feeling bad about it. But here's what the Bible says, that God will meet rebellion with justice. Those false teachers in 2 Peter wanted money and sex. That's why Peter used the examples that he did in this passage. Humans essentially despise God's authority. And so our default setting as humans is to, is to want to live my truth instead of interpreting reality and living the only truth which is established by God. So that's where we're kind of going to question today. We are questioning and sifting the concept of living your truth. Because we have, let's just face it, we have a bad taste in our mouth about authority, right? Um, but is that because we have seen human misrepresentations of authority, of leadership? How many of you guys have maybe some teachers or coaches or school, at school who may not be a good representation of authority? Anybody? You can say their names. I don't want to hear their names. I'm sure some of you guys are like, I don't like that person. They're mean. They're rude. They're whatever. And maybe coach takes the fun out of the game with their intensity, or a parent who yells constantly or has an addiction that affects the family. But God's authority is worthy of following because He is a kind and loving Father. There's nothing on this earth that we can see that is compared to who He is. And so we kind of take these human examples of authority and those kind of things, and we take these examples of, you know, we know He's our God, He's our dad, but sometimes we don't have great dads, and so we take that view of our earthly dad and put that on our heavenly dad, and we're like, this is I don't want that because what I have, what I've experienced is not any good. That's not what God is, right? He's kind and the loving Father. We can't comprehend this type of love. So saying live your truth means you believe truth changes from person to person. So when you say live your truth, when you hear the phrase live your truth, what they're saying is truth changes from person to person. Like your truth, what you say is true is different than me. What you say is true is different than me. Just anybody, anybody seeing how that's not going to work? Like logically, there's no way that's going to work. This makes no sense. And saying there is no absolute, no such thing as absolute truth is an absolute statement. It doesn't work. There is an absolute truth. What you say is true. Can't just you know I, I, we can't just we can't disagree on truth, right? Like if I were to say murder is okay, but and, and you were to say murder is wrong, would that? Does that make me right because it's my truth if I want to go out and kill somebody? Does that make it right? No, because there is an absolute truth. There is morality. The Bible gives us these things. God has given us these truths. But how often do we base our identity and our worldview on our feelings? You know, my, I feel like my life is over after she, she dumped me. Or I, I feel like yelling at my parents for telling me no. I feel like if I say no, I'm going to lose my friends. I feel like I'm attracted to the same gender. I feel like I'm the only one that struggles with with this thing in my life. I feel like I, I want to kill her. I feel like I need another piece of cake. I feel like I'm alone. I feel like God doesn't love me. I feel like I need to perform to have value. 
and worth. I feel like I can't stick to this commitment. I feel like I can't turn my phone off. I feel like if I had a different body, I would be happy. This feels really good, so it must be good for me. My feelings are so strong, I can't think rationally. Right? Because feelings are neither right nor wrong, they should not be our primary compass because they are unreliable and they change so quickly. Because we need to bring our feelings to Jesus and let Him interpret those feelings for us. When you buy a house, there's a lot of paperwork involved, bless you, in, in buying a house. There's a lot of times you have to sign your name. I mean, there's a lot of paperwork. It's, it's, just, it's a lot of stuff. And to be honest, I have no clue what most of it means. I am no, That's not what I do for a living. I don't understand these things. But that's why someone is there who understands these things, who's walking me through the process. Hey, this is what this means. This is what you're signing to. That way I'll know if I want to sign the paper or not. Does that make sense? You got, yes? Okay. So yeah, I don't understand it. But it's like I needed a well-educated, experienced person to help me buy a house because I don't understand all that stuff. We need Jesus to help us interpret our feelings so we don't sign our life away to something ungodly that will implode on us later in life. We also need to be careful of outside influences on our identity. Culture is going to tell us a lot of things about who we are. Only Jesus gets to define who we are. We use the Bible to sift our identity. So as a human, you cannot simply come in late from hanging with a friend and destroy your feet by tripping on your little brother's Legos on the way in and, and just say, well, those Legos are just a human concept and therefore they don't exist. I don't feel the pain. No. If you accept on a Lego, they hurt, right? There's pain involved with stepping on Legos. It's an absolute reality that doesn't change based on your personal interpretation of external and internal forces. Legos, barefoot equals pain, right? So as Christians, we believe that instead of my truth, there's an absolute truth about reality that is found in the Bible. And you may say, Ryan, that is judgmental, that is outdated, the Bible is written thousands of years ago, it doesn't mean anything to me today, it's, just, it's irrelevant, this world is nothing like it was back then, whatever. But the truth is, there's nothing outdated about every human being being imperfect. Right? That's, that's a constant. Forever and ever that human beings are imperfect. That's a fact. And there's nothing judgmental about a God loving all humans enough to take a punishment that they rightfully deserve because Jesus is the definition of selfless. Look at verse 9 there in Second Peter 2. It says, And the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Then go over one chapter over, same verse, 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God is merciful. He wants to save everyone from self-imploding. But He also says that those whose hearts refuse to embrace His amazing gift of salvation have to take their on their own deserved punishment. If they don't want Jesus, He won't make them take the get-out-of-jail-free card. That's some people say. A little prayer, and that's what they believe it is. Sadly, like the false teachers Peter references throughout his book, there are many false teachers today. That's why we can't just watch any preacher or, or listen to any Christian song and assume it aligns with the Bible. We need to sift. Not every Instagram or TikTok theologian is worth listening to. But they're out there. But here's the truth. 
When you hear me teach, you hear Sunday school teachers teach, you hear Doug preach, use the Word of God to make sure what we're saying is, is biblical, right? Don't just assume that I'm telling you the truth. I mean, hopefully, trust that I am. But look it up and, and, and use Scripture to back up what I'm teaching you, okay? Right? Can we, is that fair? Can we do that? Can you def, I mean, just know I'm not trying to mislead you. I'm not, like, intentionally teaching you guys false things. Maybe something that I maybe misunderstood or something. And maybe you're like, hey, Ryan, this, this is not what this says. And then we all get better because of we're, we're growing together, right? And so don't, so, so be like the Bereans in the book of Acts. They went back and, and read what Paul was teaching, or Peter was teaching, Paul, whatever, Paul was teaching. And they were like, hey, we're going to check and see what he says for the scriptures and make sure what he's teaching us is truth. That's what I'm asking of you guys. Second Peter, go back to chapter 2. There's a bunch of Bible flipping. Second Peter 2.14 says they have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in greed, accursed children, which is not a nice thing to say in the Greek. Two verses before that, verse 12. But these, like irrational animals, that's not a very nice thing to say to somebody else. Creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction. I'm going to verse 19. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. The heart of a person who says, live your truth, often comes out of a place of just wanting to be real about their struggles. Maybe they have felt rejected. Maybe even rejected by, by Christians. Maybe they feel like they don't fit in or they have seen terrible things, and they're just trying just to cope. And they don't believe in God because of what they've been through. Maybe that's you. And if that is, I'm glad you're here. You know, I don't judge you. you know, I love you, and I want to go on this journey with you of, of, as you discover the truth about God and about reality. Um, I'm not here to condemn anyone or to shame anybody. Um, even if you don't believe the same thing as, as I do, just know that I love you, right? You got it? Shake your head, yes. I watched a video from Charlemagne the God, which is just, I can you know, you know, go off on the name a little bit, but he had a, a video with, with him and Pete Davidson from SNL, and I was kind of watching it as I was studying for this week. Because um, the interview was called Live Your Truth. <coughs> on the one hand, do you guys know who Pete Davidson is? Okay, he's a comedian, SNL. Funny guy. Some people find him funny. I don't really find him that funny, but whatever. That's that's not for me to say. But you know, he's a funny guy. Uh, he who was made in the image of God. But in this in this interview, he, he's talking about he's, he's plagued with PTSD and depression and, and suicidal ideation, Crohn's disease, a, a slew of addictions and broken relationships. And you might be thinking, you know, how can you say Pete is wrong for doing and saying the things he does? You know, just have compassion on this guy for the things that he's gone through in his life. But it was hard watching it because Pete, he, he doesn't know about God's love and hope for him. And you can tell. This dude is barely making it through life. Although he's been through so much suffering, in his own eyes, he is his own God. Living his truth isn't going to heal him. And then, to be honest, it hasn't really worked out for him so far. But you guys ever just read something like the comments on videos like this? Things like this about living your truth and things. In the comments are person after person saying the same thing. Like, I'm suicidal. I'm, I'm barely getting by. 
the world needs the unshakable promises of God. Not a shifting reality that each person defines. They need you to tell them that. Because there are people who say, live your truth, who arrive at this worldview from a seeming lack of proof about God's existence. And this person is living from what would be called a materialistic or humanistic worldview. And maybe that's you. So what that means is, materialists just believe there's only the natural. There's no supernatural. They believe in only the natural. There's a natural cause for everything. Nothing is supernatural. Though this belief would say, you're not special. You're just another decaying piece of meat, of matter on the compost pile of this world. You're nothing of who you are or what you will do will ever truly matter in life. Everything short of that realization is vanity. Sounds fun. Meanwhile, the humanists believe it's important that every human being has worth and value and is treated with dignity. People should not be exploited. Those are great things. In fact, these are their Christian beliefs. But the humanists uh, don't want to admit the things that they're believing are Christian beliefs. Because most humanists, actually all humanists are atheists, I guess. You can't be an atheist and claim that people matter if there is no God and everything is random. It takes a lot of faith to hold to a humanist viewpoint. And these are some popular worldviews, right? So before we decide to deconstruct our faith, that's pretty popular right now, we, we need to sift the thoughts and beliefs and opinions and ideas that we encounter through more than a filter of just feelings or one-sided ra uh, rational arguments or cultural acceptance or political affiliation or desires or physical appetites or our relationships. Why? Because if we don't, we'd be like a ship tossed about on the waves, just like Ephesians 4.14 says. So we, may be no, uh, so we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. And that's what we're going to be like if we don't learn to sift. You, you might be mad at me at this point by tonight. These topics are not easy to talk about, and I want to make sure that you know how much I'm saying these things out of love for you guys. So wherever you are, wherever you're at on your journey of faith, that, that, that's okay. Jesus wants to meet you wherever you may be on your journey of faith. You know, here, we, we want to walk alongside you. We also want to equip you, though, so you don't get tossed around like a boat in a storm. I read an article about how to live your truth the other day, and it promises this, okay? It says, living your truth will free you. That's what it says. I disagree. Living your truth will free you until doing things your way doesn't bring you the happiness that you thought it would. They said you'll be better prepared to handle adversity until things outside your control lead you to despair. It says you, you won't need others to validate your worth unless you have the stupid gas app. So until you hit rock bottom, you can't will yourself to believe that you matter. You'll have the confidence to speak your truth. So they said, but until you change your mind on something and then you shift and you go and do what that's, that says. They also said you'll no longer feel guilty about taking care of yourself. That's going to come at the expense of relationships with people who are just as broken as you are. Here's how the article says to get to this point of, of living your truth. Accept who you are currently. Realize your worth 
learn your own personal truth and live your truth. That's what it says. That's what this world is teaching you. But after sifting that article myself through the sea of the Bible and the Holy Spirit, here's what the gospel says instead. Accept that God is a loving authority over all things in life. God is truth, is absolute truth, and He's the authority of all things. Number two, realize that you are more sinful than you ever thought you were. And you are more loved than you ever dreamed that you could be. Learn that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and, and how in Him we live and move and have our being. Those quotes around those two because they're taken from Scripture there. And the fourth thing, live the truth with joy despite your circumstances. That's me as a Christian. Every day is going to be just puppies and rainbows, right? Live the truth of God with joy despite the things that happen in life. This is a huge topic of, of living your truth and doing what makes you happy. Uh, in your small groups, you're going to scratch surface just a little bit further than we, we did here. Uh, I want you guys to ask questions, wrestle with doubts, love on each other, encourage each other, challenge each other without offending one another. And dig into the Word together and be kind as you listen well to others. Uh, we're not going to sing tonight. Uh, we're just going to go ahead because this my lesson was a little bit long and things. So we're, we'll sing next week. Um, but if you want to dig further into to worldview and theology and facts, the ways behind the Christian faith and why it's reasonable, I would love to, to share some things. I have some resources I have for you guys so you can just grow in those things, right? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to split up into uh, our, uh, our small groups. God, I pray tonight that as we uh, just go into our small groups, we continue just to, to dive deeper into this truth that there is such a thing as absolute truth, that there is such a thing um, as truth and, 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 and reality and knowing and being able to find that in your word. God, may we just uh, continue just to talk and discuss these things so that as we, we can just grow closer to you and, and be able to share with other people uh, when they say, hey, just live your truth, and that we can share what real truth is and bring them out of that hopelessness that that phrase actually brings. And bring them into joy, into love, into peace that you provide. Shame, I pray. Amen. All right, so we'll do. Uh